Hello and welcome to another edition of Out of the Blue Podcast from Blue Zion Ministries. Grafted, gifted, and grounded with whole tree theology right out of the 11th chapter of Romans, connecting the covenant pages of the seamless 66 books of the Bible we hold in our hands. We are dedicated to help, encourage, and inspire you to live the Word of God out loud. And now, here's your Out of the Blue host, Evangelist S.J. Norlock. Shalom, shalom. Praise the Lord, everyone. Another episode launch here and looking forward to sharing just a little bit of time with you. Uh, I want to thank the Lord for last week's blessings and the things that he is doing and the things that he's going to do. And uh, we're so excited to have you with us today, jumping into the nugget right away on the Seamless 66 uh, on Out of the Blue here. Uh, A little out of the blue from me to you. And uh, looking at Psalm 87, one of my favorite chapters in the book of Psalms. And it starts out in verse number one. His foundation is in the holy mountains. So Har Kodesh, the holy mount of God is there. Of course, Mount Sion. And the Lord loveth the gates of Sion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of the O city of God, Selah. Going to pause, going to think on this. A little subject change, as it were, or, or thematic change in a sense. But then he says, I will make mention of Rehab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre, with Ethiopia, this man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. Again, another salah, another pause, maybe a little thematic shift. So there's a lot happening here in the sense of mentioning the favorite parts of the city. Uh, Isn't that awesome that God loves certain structures of a city more than the others? Uh, Just speaks of the specificity of heaven's desire. Uh, Then it goes into, of course, the reputation of the city and how that um, uh, amen, he's going to speak of the city uh, to all that are near, inner circle, outer circle, uh, inner nations or bordering nations, should I say, uh, nations that will go even beyond that. Uh, and just just awesome how that uh, Zion's going to be in the ear of everyone, the passerby, uh, those that are far. Uh, you could literally say, um, it's it's a telecommunication uh, that all the world's going to know that God is the God of Israel. It's awesome. And of course, Jerusalem being the capital, Jerusalem being the wonderful, holy city of God. Then we come up into verse number seven, where as well the singers, as the players on instruments, shall there be. Uh, there's going to be, of course, no lack of music there, no lack of the dancing in the streets, no lack of musicianship and uh, amen. The notes on the staff are going to dance, um, just like David danced. I, I love how that um, Jerusalem, and you can even go there and find that out to this day. Uh, it's just known for its music, even on street corners, Ben Yehuda streets, and you could go on and on. People will be playing their music. Uh, it could be a guitar. It could be a tambourine. It could be uh, just about anything. Uh, people are dancing. People are singing. I love that. 
And then at the end of that, it says, all my springs are in thee. Springs and the necessity of water, uh, water in the places that, of course, in some parts of Israel are arid and dry. Then, of course, you have other places where uh, it's almost as if it were halfway tropical. But um, springs, nevertheless, the wells, uh, when you clogged the wells up, when you dammed them up, as it were, uh, that was a note for war. Uh, it could stir up a bunch of things happening uh, that you didn't want to happen all because of the lack of water. So all my springs are in thee. David, I believe, is simply writing and saying, uh, look, world, I don't need any outsourcing of my, uh, to fulfill my satisfaction. I have everything I need in Jerusalem right here. I have everything I need in the springs that God has allowed me to drink from. So I'm not going to outsource my desires to try to fulfill them. Uh, Jesus is the puzzle piece shape that fills the void in my heart. Uh, God is the one that's the spring or the well that will never run dry to the Samaritan woman. He says, uh, you'll never thirst again. Um, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The cosmos, the world, the culture of the world, the, that which is godless, uh, that which uh, doesn't mind drinking from any trough out there, as it were. Uh, their, their thirst is quenched by a multiplicity, a plethora uh, of kinds of streams uh, and ideas. Whereas to those that love the Lord God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. The only spring that's going to be of satisfactory is going to be the spring that's found in the city of peace, that's found uh, in the hands of God, amen, that's found in the center of what he loves the most. So just just some thoughts there in, in the sense of Psalm 87 and that wonderful phrase, all my springs are in thee. So I have the same bent as Brother David did. Amen. Nothing else will satisfy like Jesus satisfies. But I want to, if I could just add something real fast. Um, with the word thirst, with which uh, in Hebrew, yitzma, uh, the word thirst uh, is mentioned in Exodus 17.3. It says there, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. Uh, you'll find within this chapter, they camp out and stop at Rephidim. Rephidim. Uh, the Bible, I believe, specifically says there's no water there. As a matter of fact, it was the place where the Amalekites attacked the children of Israel at Rephidim. So according to human reasoning, this was not the place to set up camp. Uh, so the Bible uh, really doesn't say that the Israelites were without water, however. Uh, of course, that's obvious in the sense they must have carried water with them. You come to a place where there is no water, you're going to need an instantaneous supply, an immediacy about it all. So obviously, they must have had some. Uh, and of course, God camped there also. They followed the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. And if the pillar didn't move, uh, they weren't moving. And um, so Exodus 17, 3, uh, again says, the people thirsted there. Well, the Hebrew word for thirsted or yitzma comes from the root word uh, sema, uh, which means thirsty. So in Jewish literature, uh, you can find in the sages and the rabbis, sometimes they'll use the word to describe an overwhelming desire for something. 
But either that something is in the natural world or the hidden knowledge of God. There's a duplicity here. Uh, there's like a crossroads in the sense of what are you desiring. Uh, you can find that it seems like English translations, sometimes the translators automatically put yisma into the past tense. Uh, one translation even mentioned as if it were they were tormented by thirst. But the little yud there that's in front of yitzma, uh, that um, that tittle that Matthew chapter 5 talks about, the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet, gives some very important insight. Um, so it's a simple... It's, it's, it's a word that simply is not that they're tormented by thirst or that they're dying for thirst. Uh, it's not even, in a sense, it's not even that they were thirsty at all. It suggests that they were going to be thirsty if the water ran out that they presently had. So really the question that is at hand in Yitzma is, uh, what are they going to be thirsty for? And so my, that's the question of today. Uh, that, that, I pray, is uh, what, uh, um, amen, would be the question for, for all of us today, is what are we going to be thirsting for? I, you can almost see it as they're at the campfires at night, and my, this crazy Moses has led us to a place where there's no water. If we don't leave now, we'll never have enough water to make it to the next watering hole or the well or the spring or, or, or the next oasis. Um, they're probably thinking, you know, if the water's gone, we're going to die for thirst right here. So um, it's, it's, it's not just about that we're thirsty right now. What are we going to thirst for? What is our disposition right now? Are we focused on the natural things? Are we kind of murmuring and complaining over the natural things to satisfy our fleshly desire? Don't be wrong, we need to prep for the future. We need to know that those water bottles will be there for tomorrow. Uh, but it's this unique dependency upon Yah and deserted places uh, that we're not just going to focus upon the natural things. But for instance, Moses was focused solely on just obedience to God. We're going to stop at a waterless place and trust God. Uh, amen. But the water is going to if I if 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 so it be I will speak to a rock and it'll show up, but uh, Amen. So it, it, it's struggling sometimes in between the promise and the prize. It's this again this daily dependency upon Him. If you if you look at uh, Bar Midbar the the deserted place that they've got to walk in, um, uh, the the th- through uh, the sand dunes as it were uh, the priority of thirst comes to vision, this daily dependency. But again, is it the natural or is it the supernatural? You, you could, I guess, ask the question today, what kind of refadim are we camped at? Uh, are, are we camped out at refadim today? Are we fretting over the lack of water even before we become thirsty? Uh, are we thirsty in the sense of yisma that we're filled with desire? Yes, that's going to be there. We we are going to be filled with desire. We're thirsty. All of us hunger and thirst after something. But is it for righteousness? What do we thirst for? Uh, amen. What do we seek for? Uh, is it a thirst for the hidden secrets of God? Well, if God loves the city of Jerusalem, amen, and he knows for certain, amen, that nothing's going to sway him in his 
uh, awesome heavenly desire. Uh, amen. Jerusalem, uh, though it seems as if it were waterless at times, I'm going to say, no, all of my springs are in you. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to outsource or seek for something else to satisfy me for the moment. I may have only one day, two day, maybe a little more supply yet at hand in the present tense. In the future may look bleak if I don't get to another watering hole. But Yitzma says, amen, I desire him. I am thirsty for him. All my springs are in ye, are in thee. So uh, just a little nugget today. I pray that was a blessing to you. I, I just uh, want to say that if you're camping at Rephidim, know assuredly, you just keep your desires your heart fixed on him and Yitzma, amen. And you desire the hidden secrets of God. He'll reveal, he'll restore, he'll pour. Uh, amen, that oil is gonna flow. Uh, that new wine is gonna be that continuous blessing. He'll always fill the void. I hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, God bless you today. Just a little poem that word in Psalm 87. All my springs are in thee. You have a great, great day in Jesus. God bless. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've had your inspiration moment today. As we continue to pray for you, please remember to pray for this ministry as we endeavor to work in the kingdom of God. If you feel led to support this ministry, you can visit us on the web at bluezionministries.com to partner with us in evangelism. While there, you can also find prayer journals and music CDs available for purchase. And be sure to check out our Israel tour information if you'd like to find out more about visiting the Holy Land with us. It's all at bluesignministries.com. We look forward to our time with you next week here on Out of the Blue Podcast. Please invite a friend and remember, remain zealous over Zion.